Human behavior is fascinating even in today's world. Understanding the feelings and thoughts of people around you can help you skyrocket your sales, negotiations, charisma, job promotions and leadership to a totally different level. Welcome to our podcast Body Language for Success where we will share experiences to showcase how body language can fast track your career. Join Khyati Bhatt founder of Simply Body Talk on our podcast where we will listen into real life experiences of established leaders who discuss how understanding human behavior through body language help them accelerate their journey brought to you by Simply Body Talk a market leader in the space of nonverbal communication as we continue our discussion with leaders who carved out exceptional journeys for themselves please join me in welcoming on this episode kapil prem chandani kapil a very warm welcome to you thank you khyati for having me on this podcast thank you so very much okay so kapil i have uh, witnessed how almost single handedly you've started this venture that you run right now from scratch and you built it to the empire that it has become today So I am really looking forward to you know learning from you about the secrets that's made the business tick for you and you know how you gone about it. So let's just start with you know what's your venture all about and what has been your journey this far. See my venture is all about running fulfillment centers for consumer goods companies. When I was starting my journey way back in 2005 that is the time when organized retail was mushrooming in India. and that point of time i thought that there would be a lot of ancillaries around it which will also be required like packaging like storage like warehousing and in fact during my undergrad days i used to work in a warehouse and that is the time i realized that there are a lot of deficiencies in this in this domain and that is where i thought uh, when when skilled people are coming out of institutes they can actually plug those gaps and because there is a lot of wastage which happens in that entire arena and that is what prompted me to get into logistics Uh, mm-hmm. and i started this immediately after doing my masters because i thought uh, once you essentially it, it, this is the best time to start because that was the time the whole ecosystem was coming around it. that's what uh, that is what prompted me to get into it my venture essentially what we do as a part of our activity we we run fulfillment centers we lease warehouses we invest in material handling equipments uh, we make sure that a proper storage solution is designed for a company so typically how it works is anybody and everybody can walk up into our office and they can tell us or probably we walk we work with the customers we tell them what is the number of cartons you need to store what is the various complexities in terms of storage the kind of manufacturing dates expiry dates at the same point of time the, uh, the kind of dispatch schedules they have accordingly we design a solution and after designing a solution we implement that for them that is how it works okay so just to get a sneak peek into the kind of uh, clients and the kind of assignments or some of the numbers about you know the kind of centers you have could you throw some light on that uh, we work with almost all major consumer good companies in india uh, we work with brands like procter and gamble we work with brands like castrol amway uh, gsk rekit binkiser uh, uh, in fact uh, on the apparel side we work with brands like spiker we work with shopstop we work with lifestyle we work with max uh, we work with almost all the consumer good brands and apparel brands in the country it's been a healthy journey uh, and what we've done is we've opened three fulfillment centers of our own 
So typically what happens in a warehousing domain, generally from an asset light model, you lease warehouses. We are the only third party logistics providers in the country where we started to buy land and build our own warehouses because your ability to invest in infrastructure goes up significantly higher when you have your own infrastructure. So we manage close to about 5.6 million square feet across the whole country. And in terms of our own, in terms of our own logistics park, we own close to about 2.8 million square feet across the whole country. And as wow. I speak to you, we are building close to uh, another 2 million square feet coming up in the next three years of time of our own. I cannot imagine how, you know, a single person can have uh, started, ventured and reached the stage that also this quickly. So let's talk about, uh, you know, what are those skills that have helped you? So tell me, uh, did you always want to be an entrepreneur from the day you, you know, finished your master's? And also, what are some of those skills that help you or which become your strength when it comes to scaling your business to the extent that you have? Kathy, honestly speaking, I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur. That is true because that is how I immediately passing out of the B-School, I started this. Uh, but it's very important to stay, to stay true to your vision and true to yourself. You need to have full conviction in yourself to be able to do what you want to do. So I had a very strong feeling around warehousing and storage because I thought that this is one sector which is neglected. Today, in fact, in today's times also, if you look at municipal corporation map of any city per se, you will realize that there is no space which is earmarked for storage. So in my opinion, this is something which prompted me to look at this sector because this is a very pivotal part of the sector in the economy as well, which has been highly neglected. I personally feel at that point of time when I was starting this on my own because this was something which was needed urgently and the organized retail, the way it was coming up, it had to be handled deftly, it had to be handled urgently because if you want to fulfill stores and if you want to fulfill a burgeoning population of India, you need to have efficient storage across nook and corner of the country. And that is what prompted me and I had this full vision about this, about this, about scaling up this thing because this is something which was the need of the hour and i had i had complete faith in this idea and once you have once you have faith in yourself you have faith in ideas things happen as you rightly said that single-handedly you've done it so I, it would be wrong for me to say that single-handedly i've done it it was just that my, the vision was there i reached out to the right kind of people and once you have that vision and you are staying true to your vision things happen on their own the idea is to make sure just to stay there it's important you stay there and I'm sure miracles would happen. The only the only thing which is required is to make sure that you stay there. Okay, so uh, if I were to broadly ask you that, you know, if an entrepreneur is starting out, what are those key milestones that come when it comes to the journey? Can you just pinpoint to the broad milestones that any entrepreneur for that matter should, you know, keep in mind so that they can stay focused on the journey or they can plan according to certain goals that should uh, be achieved from time to time anything See, from your experience that you can do. yeah absolutely Kathy. i think the first thing what one should be doing is to have first of all full conviction in the idea of what he or she wants to do today if you are embarking upon something you should know the what you are embarking on and you've got to stay you've got to stay where it is after doing that there is a lot of discipline and commitment which is required to make sure that this is a problem which we are solving so the other important trait what entrepreneurs should have a sense of discipline and a sense of commitment to making sure what they have what they have envisioned to be able to get there 
once you are there then what happens is it's very important for you to build a team because it's also very important for you to break that important vision of yours into let's say small 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 goals and once you have once you break that into small small goals that is the time you should start looking at which are the right skill set of people required to be able to fulfill those goals that is how it works so these are the three important things what in my opinion what one should have when he is embarking upon a venture or an idea altogether so but it has to begin from you because unless and until you have full conviction in it you won't be able to have people who will support you in that journey okay so when uh, we talk about uh, building this team right uh, you mentioned that you should uh, have or you should hire people with the right skill sets so there also do you have some tips that you know one can keep in mind because sometimes it can become really confusing that you know do you hire a person because of the skill set they have to finish the job today or do you hire somebody because you can see them becoming a different person a little into the future so from your experience what are some of the key things to keep in mind when you are hiring say different teams within your organization see it's very important for you to build a competency matrix so typically giving you an example if you are let's say hiring somebody for doing sales sales person should be in a position who should be able to build relationships he should be able in a position to initiate conversations when you are let's say hiring somebody in finance all together and so that gentleman should essentially make sure that he is good with numbers he essentially knows his subject very well so in my opinion when i am hiring people the first and important thing is to have the attitude to to ascertain the attitude of the person and if the attitude of the person is positive then likely or less like more likely or less likely he will make the cut so first important thing which i look at any individual is his attitude because his attitude reflect the values he hold because typically what happens is if a person with a positive attitude 9 out of 10 times will be able to sail through any and all circumstances which he may be put in but it, but a person with a negative attitude essentially may not work in a startup kind of an environment in an entrepreneurial journey so it's very important the other thing what you should look at while you are hiring while you are building teams or let's say while you are hiring the right amount of people is look at the skill set required for that job which i was telling you in my earlier uh, which which i was telling you earlier and it's very important to know what skill set is required to do that particular kind of a job so these are two things when which i look at also at the same point of time it's also very important to see relevant experience if he's had some relevant experience in doing that particular task makes the journey a little bit more easier that is what i look at. great so what you are basically saying is attitude is even more important than the technical skills yes. that an individual might bring yes. on to the table yes all right that's a great insight okay so because uh, at our place we specialize in human behavior so let me come to a few questions around that topic okay so uh, let's talk about people skills so since you specialize in logistics if uh, i wanted to understand key people skills that somebody who wants to venture into logistics should have what are uh, you know some insights that you could share there see in logistics first of all most important thing is the ability to listen because what is happening is you are going to be solving somebody's problem so your ability to listen comes foremost because if somebody has a problem somebody has an issue giving you an example in logistics you ordered something from amazon you ordered something from zomato you ordered something from swiggy now you need to know where your order is whatever it is just a very small lame example but the idea is to make sure it starts from listening and you got to make sure that to your ability to listening plays a very pivotal role while you are venturing into logistics the other important thing while you are from from a logistics standpoint which you look at 
is your ability to analyze and also your ability to let's say weigh the pros and cons of any or all kind of situations because typically what happens is analysis do play a very important role in logistics because in logistics you also have you have various tools of ai and machine learning also at your disposal right now but you need to know what is the right time of making the intervention of these various tools so analysis does play a very important role in logistics uh, also at the same point of time in logistics it's very important to have a very logical bent of mind because logistics is nothing but very logic if you look at the word logistics also so the first four words are l o g i so it starts with a very logical bent of mind so what happens is when you are when essentially you have the ability to listen and you have a logical mindset more 9 out of 10 times you will get there because the job of logistics professionals is to actually behave very logically and apply the logical bent of mind to make sure that the utilize the solution is optimal and the utilization is also efficient and effective okay so what i understand is anybody who wants to venture into logistics uh, some of the key skills required include uh, being able to listen being able to analyze with the right kind of tool sets and also being logical yes. so uh, that's great uh, when we talk about interacting with people right because i'm sure as a part of your journey you must have interacted with different kind of hierarchies be it cracking into uh, your local domains or be it uh, cracking into corporates so there what are some of the secrets that worked for you i hope you are enjoying today's episode before we continue i would like to briefly tell you about the organizer of this podcast simply body talk simply body talk works with senior leaders in client facing roles to help them sharpen their understanding of human behavior resulting in better client relationship higher sales closure and more effective negotiations all of this by using different body language techniques we have worked with several leading organizations worldwide which have seen measurable improvements in their work efficiency after engaging with us that's a brief about our work in the corporate world now back to the episode so uh, so for me as i rightly as i told you before kyati it's important to be logical when you are talking to different sets of people you have different sets of problems what you are looking at them or different mm-hmm. sort of solutions you are seeking from them so what happens is when you are when you are talking to a logistics professional a senior logistics professional he is giving you his problem statement that this is my problem statement all together so what you will do is then you will tell him that this is your problem statement this is how you can resolve it so it's very mm-hmm. important for you to make sure that you are that you and that you understand that you get to the root of the problem and then you essentially give a solution to them at the same point of time when you are talk when you are talking to vendors by the virtue of which from whom you are seeking solutions because what is happening mm-hmm. is you are taking a problem statement you are breaking that problem statement into important into let's say you are breaking that problem into many problems and then you are seeking the help of those vendors to seek answers to those problems all together and so so what you do is by th- in this whole process you design the whole thing all together and so so it's very important for you when you are in, when you are meeting the different kinds of people to understand what is the root cause and then attacking the root cause by working on okay any interesting example that you could share so that uh, we can understand this better maybe from your recent past or anything that's outstanding i will share a very important example with you see in, in our storage environment typically what happens is as we know india is a growing country and we've been growing at about 5 6% year on year 
So typically, all these brands with whom we work with are all large consumer goods companies and our large apparel companies. They essentially grow at about ten percent, twelve percent year on year. Now, hmm. shifting a warehouse is a very difficult uh, process because it hampers your business, it hampers business continuity, it hampers your sales, which is the core of any company altogether. Also. So what we proposed to them when, in fact, so what happened with one company, we were hiring warehouses as they were growing again, as they were growing multifold, we were hiring more and more warehouses, and then we figured out that in the process we are ending, we are spending a large amount of cost in terms of various agencies like security, housekeeping, manpower. So huge cost was being spent. So we had a meeting with the brand, and we told them it is better. What we do is we should hire a warehouse. We should look at their five-year or a six-year strategy, and hire us hire a warehouse. Where we store horizontally for the first two years of time, and then we start growing vertical. In the process, what we do is we don't have to change the facility, because what happens is changing a facility from a warehousing standpoint is a very costly proposition, and this could actually this could actually be spent in millions of dollars. If I am actually shifting a warehouse, cost of shifting a warehouse will not be less than five hundred thousand dollars for a big consumer goods warehouse. So wow. typically, what we do is to avoid that. we advise our brands to look at a facility which essentially which is where we store horizontally for the first 2 years and then we mechanically rack it over the period of next 3 to 4 5 years of time and with 3 4 major brands of the country i wouldn't name them because without their permission i couldn't name them but those brands have saved significant amount of money by doing by following this approach and they haven't had a shifting and without this and since there has been no shifting there has been no business disruption also which has Come to them on account of this. So that is just one of the examples I am sharing with you. Okay, that's interesting, Kapil. Okay, uh, as a part of your work or your team's work, I am sure that you know you need to uh, interact, uh, negotiate, convince a lot of different type of people. So, uh, do you think it's important to understand their background to uh, you know tweak your conversations according to? where they are coming from what's the kind of uh, uh, language they understand or the relationships that you have with them and what are some of the examples that you could share with us there it does help kathi i mean it's always important to know the person before you are going and meeting the kind of before the person you are meeting it's all it always helps to have a little idea about the background because then it will be easier for you to weave conversations so typically hmm. when you are actually going for a sales pitch uh, and if you you're going to meet a particular senior professional it's always better to read the, uh, the 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 resume of the person on the linkedin or something you get to know about him you know the kind of work he has done then it will be easier for you to let's say weave your conversations around him it's always better uh, most of the times i have realized one thing when you are going and meeting a senior professional it always helps because you you see what also happens is you could also take reference about that individual uh, from from your known sources as well and you figure out how that person is altogether so and it will be easier for you to weave conversations around with that with that individual that has been my experience and in okay. most of the cases typically when you work with vendors and stuff uh, because you work with large kinds of people it is not easier for it is not uh, always easy for you to ascertain the background of everybody and anybody but you could certainly but when you are when you are actually going on an important assignment of or for an important meeting it does help uh, if you know the background of an individual it does help okay Uh, so i know from our previous conversations couple that you know you do a lot of work at the grassroots level also yes. which is a little logical because when you are acquiring land you know you have to talk to people from those areas as well so uh, do you think you need to be mindful about your body language or you know how you are 
tackling their issues when you are you know talking to them and convincing them it is very important to have a control on your body language because what happens is when when you are meeting people it is very important to stay alert when you are meeting different kinds of people different kind of body language we do exhibit different kind of body language when you are meeting certain different kind of individuals in some situations we've got to be quiet we've just got to be quiet spectators we've got to be quiet listeners in some situations where we've got to be alert we've got to make sure that we give them we give them we give them a we we, we, act, we are in an alert posture where we give them essentially an active bent of mind it varies from situation to situation and body language does play an important it does play an important role because at the end of the day other people are also reading you they look up to you all together and so and different situations require different exhibition of body language is how i would like to say yes so you mentioned a very important point which is that you know others are also reading you and uh, you know they are looking up to you when it comes to you being a role model so it's not just you being in the moment great and do you plan these strategies beforehand or you have to you know plan it on the go as per the situation and how it uh, unfolds i actually i personally feel that it depends from the person to person for me i am a person which is like which is more like a on the go kind of a moment i am a more of a spontaneous kind of a guy uh i do plan things where i think that the stakes are very high i do plan things there but most of the times i have realized one thing as a kind of person i am i'm more of a spontaneous guy it comes it, it comes naturally to you it varies from individual to individual but for me as an individual it's more of a on the go moment altogether so, but when i have to actually when i'm when i know that there is an important conversation or an important person i'm meeting altogether and so i do plan that's how it goes okay great so it's it's like a balance between the two yes okay great all right so uh, if we talked about the most challenging aspect of dealing with people it could be your team it could be uh, you know uh, say your vendors or your corporate clients what do you think is the most challenging aspect see first of all most important thing is to make sure that most of the times people don't get what you are trying to tell them so it's very important to describe the issue at hand if you are able to describe the issue at hand or let's say the problem at at core then i am sure people will come around it i have realized one thing that if you ask somebody just to just do something he may he may do it as a task but the moment you tell him that this is the issue i am facing and this is the problem i am facing then they all come around and they may and not only doing that task they also give their suggestions also so it's very important to dis, to describe the issue at hand with your teams with people and that's how people come along i mean that has helped me as an individual that is something i can tell you okay so what i get is uh, you know uh, sharing where you're coming from that's important or maybe yes. as important as just you know giving instructions or asking people to do something yeah all right that's interesting okay now because you are an entrepreneur you built a brand and a name for yourself if i were to ask you what is personal branding for you because somewhere you know uh, there is always this uh, uh, what should i say uh, question which is there in all entrepreneurs mind do i build myself as the brand or do i build the company as a brand so if i were to ask you that for yourself you know what has been more important yourself or the brand or do they go together and if we talk about personal branding uh what does that mean for you so uh, so um, honestly speaking kya thing it's very dif- it's very difficult for an entrepreneur to distinguish himself from the organization because typically hmm. uh, when you start something on your own then the organize and it's and any and even for the organization branding 
branding starts from the top so it's very important what you are building for yourself variably invariably that builds up for the organization or what you are building for the organization ends up building for you so it goes hand in hand for an entrepreneur uh, who has actually started a venture or something that is how i would look at it uh, for me i think building organization branding is always more important because that goes on long that goes from a long term standpoint because you it's very important that the organization lives forever there is continuity as far as the organization is concerned and you and you have to be and in that process it is your own personal branding which is reflected in the organization branding that is how i would look at it. so typically if you ask me for my company essentially stands for agility flexibility and progressive and progressiveness those are the traits which i follow myself so even if you talk to anybody in my anybody in, in in the in the market industry about kdl you would find them kdl is one company which is always believed in taking that much work which they can do effectively and efficiently we will always not like to overstretch ourselves we do we would we wouldn't ever want to overcommit and do little we would rather want to undercommit and deliver more that is how we've always been these are certain traits which are ingrained in you as a person which also reflects upon the organization so for an entrepreneur i think it goes hand in hand that is how i would say it uh, for from a personal branding standpoint i think uh, for an entrepreneur the branding of the organization stands true for the entrepreneur that's my do okay and any examples uh, right so any examples that you have to share about what are the kind of things you have done to build the brand kdl logistics so uh, honestly speaking uh, as far as we are concerned we've always we we are our values in the company are very clear fairness in dealing essentially with all our customers developing our staff to the highest level of standards all together and so so based on the values what we have the values which are strictly ingrained in us whenever we are looking at hiring any individual also for this company because this is a business to business organization because what happens is we are working with we are working with corporates so it's more it's more of a b2b kind of an environment in a b2b environment it's very important that you build high level of trust because your word of mouth and trust only takes you to other areas or takes you to other customers so what we have done as a company we got to make sure that we have given an amazing experience to all our customers and within our existing customers we have grown in multiple geographies because giving you an example if you are handling a warehouse let's say for a company like a procter and gamble in bombay for the same company we have handled about 11 warehouses in 11 different states of the country it has only and only it has only and only happened because we have made sure we have demonstrated what we stand for and this is one of the examples i am giving you but not only one we essentially we uh, we have uh, ex- we have expanded with about 5 to 6 customers which are na- which are very big customers on a national basis and continue to work with them on a national basis okay i think it would be amazing to spend more time and you know keep learning from you kapil there's just so much there which uh, i think all of us can learn from your experience So let me ask you one question, which is there on almost anybody's mind. I'm sure who meets you, which is, did you never think of getting funded? No, I have. For me, my freedom is very important. And uh, so far, what I've always realized is to have to make. I have always lived a very frugal life. So I've always believed in making sure that I keep investing my, uh, my investing my profits back into the business altogether. And so, uh, so essentially, that is, and I have found my ways to raise my funds altogether. And so. and it is not necessary to get funded that i have formed about six companies by now and all these six companies by now are completely funded by my family and myself so uh, so long as essentially and as you as i as i told you earlier 
I have always believed in controlled growth. I have always believed in being in control. So when you are essentially, let's say, when you want to be in control, and when you are, I personally feel our accruals are good enough to take care of our funding as of now. I don't know what future holds for me, but as of now, I don't have any plans to raise any funds in the next, let's say, three to four years. I have kind of refrained from raising funds over the last, let's say, seventeen, eighteen years since the time I started this journey, and it's going well so far. So I really don't feel the need. to look at funds uh, in the near future as well for the, at least for the next three four years okay so i think uh, it takes a lot of commitment uh, to you know just stick to your vision to your uh, goals and keep growing and being able to reinvest and keep growing all the more so yes kudos to you for that kapil all right let's come to the two signature questions that we ask to all the guests who join us on this uh, series Uh, you can give me short answers for these two questions the first one is what defines success for you success for me uh, for me is essentially being able to do what you want to do so that is that is that, that is what uh, success that uh, definition of success to me is to be able to do what you want to do and i think okay. god has been kind upon me uh, i've been able to do so far and i would i should continue to do Uh, what i think of doing and that is successful all right and uh, what is that one trait that you believe can help a good leader to become an exceptional one so for any individual uh, for from for from becoming ordinary to ex- extraordinary according to me is one trait is commitment it is that is commitment is very much required if you need to have faith in yourself and you need to be committed to your vision and i'm sure uh, you will see the world falling for you world falling those are some amazing words kapil Thank you so much for all your insights for spending and sharing this time with us and all those uh, insights been a pleasure talking to you I hope to catch up again with you soon thank you so much kapil likewise thank you kyati thank you for having me on the podcast thank you so very much